Hey, I'm Chef Carla, and welcome to Cooking is the New Healthy. This is a podcast about how we cook, how we eat, and how we show up in our real lives. I'm talking to other creatives and entrepreneurs about how they do that in their lives. You can find me at Chef Carla underscore C on Instagram, and more information on my website, CarlaContreras.com. If you don't know me, I'm a food stylist, photographer, health coach, and mama. I'm also the founder of Cook and Chop Online Cooking School. My guest today, I'm excited because I personally have worked with Rachel, um, is Rachel Paz and Kayanga Ford, and they are creating a course together called Intimate Allies. And I'm not going to, I'm actually not going to go into the intro of that. I'm going to let them tell you, and I'm going to let Rachel introduce herself and tell us who she is and how she serves the world. Okay. Hi. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm Rachel Paz and I am one half of this duo that is um, uh, an organization called Becoming Free Humans, uh, where we are really helping to, not helping, we are looking at new ways to live, work, and engage with the world. What are the solutions that serve all of us as individuals and the planet as a whole for the vision that we have for the world we want to be in? Um, so this is our this is our um, baby joint venture <laughs> that we're up to, though not the first time we've worked together. Um, Kianga and I have been coaches together for a long time, doing joint programs as well. Um, as a solo practitioner, um, I am a coach who helps women primarily um, untangle patterns, lifelong patterns that have kept us in our own way and stuck and small. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of nuance and a lot of tiny pieces to that, but really at the core, it's like, where are you getting in your own way and what are you doing habitually in all the parts of your life? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I have done that. I'm going to ask the same question, Kianga. Who are you and how do you serve the world? Awesome. My name is Kianga Ford, and I'm the other half of Becoming Free Humans. Um, huh. I serve the world in all the ways that, that Rachel was just talking about in the sense that we really want to be able to use this moment. There's so much change. There's so much that we all feel like in sort of the quake and the seismic shifts of like the pandemic and the new conversations around race. There's just a lot shaking up and what we want to do is to be able to see the vision that we have for a way forward, not the corrective or the repair, but really what's emergent. What are the totally new systems that we haven't been able to think about and how do we both get out of our own way to be able to formulate those and also support ourselves so that we're not creating things that we're not sustained by, right? So kind of the individual and the system simultaneously. One of the places that I spend a lot of my time working with and understanding the individual and the system is around helping people understand contemporary masculinity, really having men lived into fully empowered masculinity and having us really understand that it's, uh, it's an essential part of the complement of humanity. There's masculine and there's feminine. And we don't actually solve our problems by trying to eliminate it or erode it. We actually need to get in there and get to know it a little better. So yeah, as you can imagine, my days are always full. 
That's amazing. Thank you. Can I ask you what your last meal was? Yes. <laughs> I had one of those kind of functional meals because I was jumping off a coaching call yeah. and really wanted to eat so that I wasn't completely loopy for this conversation. So I had a couple of fried eggs and a salad with an avocado dressing and hemp seeds. And Rachel is now shaking her head because she doesn't eat eggs. And I kind of, they're one of the things that helps me like not die in the world. It's kind of how I survive. <laughs> I love it. It sounds absolutely delicious. How do you fry your eggs? In a little olive oil in a cast iron skillet, like a tiny cast iron skillet that's just just big enough to make them the right shape. And I'm not a runny yogurt, so I actually pop them and hard fry them with no cumin way. and garlic and salt. Oh, yeah. wow. I love it. Mm -hmm. Rachel, same question. Can't answer. I'm too nauseated. <laughs> 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 uh, so let's see. Today I, um, I've eaten a handful of almonds so that I didn't starve, but my last real meal last night was I had um, steamed salmon and some cheesy quinoa and some sautéed bean greens. Yum. I love that you used the bean greens. From my garden. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't use them. That no, is they're delicious. So cool. All right. We're going to get right into, so normally in this show, I have a little bit more food questions, but I think that you two, you had perfect answers. Um, and I really loved getting a little bit into your cooking method, into your garden as well. I think it's so awesome. And bee greens are one of my favorites. I actually freeze them for smoothies too. But we're going to get into your program because that's what I really want to get into like this juicy conversation about why you started this program. And I really loved the one line in your copy and I'm going to actually read it. It was that it's not focused on what you should do rather than who you should be or who you're trying to be. Um, and Rachel, I've done work with you and it's a lot about showing up and who you are in the world, the person that you want to be in the world. Um, so I would love to start the conversation there of as coaches, why did you start this program and specifically why you chose that type of language to start your copy with? Whoa. <laughs> Let's see. How do I want to start this? Um, you know, Kianga and I started a podcast um, about, what, three months ago uh, when the pandemic started called Diary of a Pandemic. And the idea was that every day we were going to ask ourselves these six questions kind of about who we, what we were wanting, who we were being, and what was being asked of us in this moment. And so we did this podcast. We are still doing the podcast. Um, but, but the actual experiment of answering these questions on a daily basis over time started to reveal some things to us about who we were being called to be in this moment. And when it first started, we thought we were starting a consulting organization, which we still are, right? And, you know, we, you know how Kianga and I work. The process does not go, hmm, let's think of a good idea and do it. It's like the good idea sort of shows up out of our mouths one day and we're like, oh, 
I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> and, and Intimate Allies came about in, in very much that way. Um, we had been, as part of our podcast, having regular conversations about race. Um, started when, we, when people began masking as kind of a, a natural piece. Um, and so what was the impact of that on African-Americans? Um, how was that creating more danger um, as opposed to more safety, right? And so we, we found ourselves in this conversation around race before George Floyd, um, but then George Floyd happened and I should not say George Floyd happened. George Floyd was murdered. Like that's part of how we need to call it, right? Um, and and in that process, it just became clear to both of us that we were being called to have a different conversation with people about how to interact with this moment. Because what we saw was so much, um, so much prescriptive. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. And if you don't do these things, you're not on the right side of this conflict or the right side of the solution. And for us, it's just not quite so black and white. It's People take time to move in terms of not just action, but people take time to transform what it is they think about things, how we come to know certain things, how we come to be inspired to act. And we wanted to make sure that in the process of um, it feeling like there were clear lines being drawn, that people knew that there was a place to, to be who they were in this moment and to be able to have conversations that could shift that for them, regardless of where they were in this moment. Kiyoka, I'm gonna let you add to it because I feel like there was a part of the question that I didn't even touch. That's because the question is kind of epic. Um, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm an Aries. There's a, a force. <laughs> we, we love epic questions, right? That's, that's how we live. But I don't think that my contribution is either gonna satisfy the full uh, extent of the question. So I'll just jump in there and say that you know, some of the principles of how we work have to do with understanding that we're always looking for freedom, right? And that in order to be unconditionally free, we're looking for freedom in all conditions. So not just, you know, freedom when the people around us are acting the way that we want them to act, when the circumstances around us are as we want them to be, right? So in the, the course of the search for freedom, we are who we are and we want what we want and the circumstances are as they are. And we have to come to know ourselves more deeply, come to know our desires more deeply and come to be in relationship to the circumstances. And that's not how everybody thinks about the thing. So when we started Diary of a Pandemic, it was because there was a kind of underlying sense with Corona that it should be other than it was. We shouldn't have to be sheltering in place. We, we should be able to get to work. Our kids should be able to go to school, but those weren't the real conditions. And so we knew that we had some tools to help people actually deal with the conditions as they are. And so in the midst of sheltering in place, when we basically came into full-on racial conflict, there was also a large sense that this should be different and you should think differently and you should behave in this way and the circumstances should be different than they are and wouldn't you know 
it's the same set of tools that we're always using that is applicable in this space as well. Who are you? What do you want? What are the circumstances as they are? And how do we make space to have everybody answer those questions for themselves? Right? Yes, read the books. Yes, learn the history. Yes, understand more about the external context. But if you don't know the piece where you understand who you are and what you want, you're not actually going to be able to constructively contribute to the new, to constructively to contribute to healing, solving, changing. It's not just the what are the circumstances. It can't happen just from a reading list. Who are you bringing to the party? Mic drop. Beautiful. Thank you. Pleasure. I'm taking a breath. I encourage anybody listening to take a breath and to really take that in because this is a different conversation. Who you are is a totally different conversation and how you're literally coming to the party. Totally different conversation. I would love to ask both of you how this is literally a commercial for your, for your work. And I'm happy to do that because I really want to make sure that people understand how this work works. And I also want to ask a question before I ask that, because um, there's a lot of conversation. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, there's a lot of conversation about doing the work and it literally is phrased as the work. But I also notice, and because I've worked with Rachel as a life coach, um, there's the work in terms of life coaching. There's the work in terms of spirituality. How are these works different? If, if you can speak to that, because I, I'm kind of, I'm not sure if it's the same work or is it this conversation that we're talking about with showing up or how we are or who we want to be so th that's my question yeah I'll jump into that um, I think there's a, a just a small distinction that's significant to me um, the difference between doing your work and doing the work I'm a big proponent of doing your work Right. And nobody can externally assign what your work is. Every time you show up in a new set of circumstances, you have a different understanding of what's your work to do. Right. But like your work is always going to involve going internally to see things like how do you benefit from the system as it is and being able to be honest with that not just immediately coming to like the work, which is like the dismantling of the system. It's, ah, no, what's my relationship to the system? How do the patterns as they already exist serve me? How am I making choices here? Um, what, what sense of loss might I feel? What sense of loss might I feel if those external circumstances shift, right? Not just how I want to be showing up, but the darker sides of that, the, the pieces that I'm less inclined to acknowledge. Right. 
that piece feels really significant because if you think about your work, there is no master curriculum to which everyone need, must conform. Right. So if you know what your work is, when you look externally at people saying, here is the work, you get to then decide how you want to, or if you're going to engage with whatever people are saying the work is. But the priority is like your own self-realization, which is not a bypass of the circumstances, right? But it's, it's what's happening in your understanding of you and your path and your contribution and your perspective and all the experiences that you've lived in relationship to an external demand, right? I think the external demand for racial justice is a legitimate demand, but you can't, um, you can't actually do it as an external demand. You first have to internalize it and see how does it relate to your work so that you can really engage in it in a deep and meaningful way, right? Yeah. I love that explanation. And I love how much deeper that conversation is too. So how does your specific course work in terms of the structure? How, how is this, I don't want to say different than other things out there, but I want to say, how is your course going to change, not necessarily change, but how is it going to help people be or see who they want to be? I think that, <clears throat> I think I should preface this by saying, you know, Kiyunga and I have known each other for a long time and we've been in daily contact with each other for a long time, <laughs> like since we've known each other basically. <clears throat> and, um, and race has come up I, and since this is a podcast, I should mention that I am Caucasian. Kianga is a Black American woman. And race has come up in our relationship um, a handful of times, more than a handful of times probably, but we've only ever gone into it significantly a few times, right? And as these recent events started to unfold, it was clear that I was having one experience of the events and she was having another. We were both clear that something needed to shift. And there was a way that the priority in our relationship is that our connection be maintained so that we can be in conversation and not just be on different sides or have different tracks, right? So a lot of where this course came from has stemmed from our ability to stay in relationship when we are each doing our own work uh, alongside each other. So how do we stay in communication? How do we stay connected? How do we have the ability to hear what's true and what's going on for the other while they have their experience and it's totally real and valid and true how do we decide which pieces, um, like how do, we, how do we draw boundaries, right? How do we decide um, what are the things that are on the table? What are the things that are not on the table, right? If Kiyonga came at me and was like, hey, you need to read this book and this book and this book, I'd been like, no, thank you. <laughs> that's, not how we, that's not how we are together, right? But, um, but there was a way that, there's a way that both of us are moving forward 
at this moment in time, looking at who we want to be and having a really clear engagement with each other as we do that. And so that's really um, the genesis of the course, right? Is how do you stay in relationship? How do you be in relationship with people who are different and under, come to understand a level of difference while you continue to do your own work and be where you are and move from where you are and articulate as you are? So there's this place where we've been hearing, we've been hearing a few things, right? One is white people shouldn't be asking people of color to do their emotional work for them, right? To teach them to catch them up to speed because there's already enough of a burden on the plates of people of color, right? And so there's also a, another dynamic that has had people of color um, calling out white people into like, these are the things you need to do. Are you doing them? Are you ready to say you're a racist, right? In a way that also doesn't increase connection. So the question is, how do I call her to me with an understanding of what I need, right? Like what I need to feel supported, what I see is needed in the larger landscape. And, uh, how does she call me to her in a way that allows her to understand my experience and my need without making me responsible for her understanding? And there's this way that like the supposition that's floating out there in the conversations is that once we tell you that, everybody will know how to do it. And nobody knows how to do it, right? We actually have spent years learning those processes of how to share and stay in connection and maintain our own boundaries and not come into codependence. You know, the fact that she can feel that this is hard for me doesn't actually make my experience her responsibility. There's a lot of nuance in learning how to stay present and supportive and not taking on someone else's um, experience, right? And I want to be clear that I'm not saying that the, the problem of racial injustice in America is a problem for people of color, right? I'm talking that that is a collective problem for us to solve. I'm talking about how we hold our own experience. Like I don't come to her in our conversations and, and hurl rage at her because I'm so frustrated in all the conversations that I'm having online where people are just deflecting my perspective, denying it, um, denouncing it in some cases. I've had some pretty hairy online interactions and I don't just come with like the frustration of like, you know, my, my day has been hellish. I've been, you know, sort of out on the front lines. There's a way that I can bring that experience without making her responsible for the experience. Right. And I can bring it in a way that I know that I can be heard and she can receive me in a way that lets me know that I have been heard and vice versa, right? I can hear where she doesn't understand. I can hear her confusion. I'm not responsible for what she doesn't understand. I'm not responsible for her confusion, but there are tools that help us learn how to sit with that. It seems so simple, but it's the part we're not teaching. I'm taking a breath. I'm like holding my heart. 
That's such an important part of the conversation. And I've done a lot and I haven't heard anything like this in terms of, in terms of race. What will you hope that people at the end of your course will walk away with? The ability to stay in difficult conversations. Right, that, that point, that's the tipping point where people take themselves out of conversations, right? They just retract or that point where they start hurling insults, right? That, that point where um, they feel pressed too far, like their boundaries have been overrun, so they start to clam up, right? At, at all of these choice points, that people will walk away with a new set of tools to stay present in the conversation. We can't find a solution if we're not in conversation. And we can't if, find if we, a solution uh, if we're not in connection and in presence. If I don't know who I'm bringing to the conversation, I'm actually not part of the solution. I'm just bringing kind of the, the apparition of how you want me to show up. I can't be part of the solution. Do you want to add anything, Rachel? Well, I was just thinking, you know, it's, it's a bit longer game, right? It's not the, oh, hey, over here, I've got the solution. All you need to do is read these books and contribute your money and take the courses and the da da, da and then we will solve racism. It's, it's not that. But it, what it is is, so that, that solution sits on do I dare introduce the victim triangle? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that solution sits on the victim triangle where there is an oppressor, there is a victim, and there is a rescuer. And so in order to actually move toward that solution, the people who have been the oppressors need to move into the rescuer situation. Um, and then the, you know, like it, it just keeps moving. And what we know about anything that lives on the victim triangle is that you can be, if you're in one role, you have the potential to be in any role. So as long as you're willing to be a victim, you also have the opportunity to be an oppressor or a rescuer. As long as you are wanting to rescue, like all these people are like, let me just swoop in and fix this by reading the right books and saying the right things. They will soon become victimized <laughs> by that, right? Or become the oppressors for their rescuing, whatever it is. And so the way off of that, the way to the purest, cleanest, most self-responsible solutions for us collectively is to step off of that and learn how to be responsible for ourselves and our roles in this moment on our own, not by what somebody else says we should be doing. And, you know, I want to share, we're not saying don't read the books. Right. Okay? We're not saying don't watch the movies. We're not saying don't get involved in the, the conversations. Hmm. we're just saying that the check boxes are not going to be sufficient for real change, right? There are some people that are new 
to um, some of the more nuanced dynamics of race in America, but hey, <laughs> racial exclusion in America did not start during this pandemic. It is not one month old. It is not the age of some of the newfound wokeness that I'm seeing out there. If we had solutions that were as simple as like a set of hyperlinked reading recommendations, we would not be here, right? And there is a way that there is, um, there is a desire in this moment to know the right thing and to do the right thing. But right, air quotes, is going to work against us if people don't come to understand it and embrace it at a deeper level. How does it relate to you? First of all, how do you relate to it? How are you willing to change your relationships to you and to it? My mind is blown, ladies. I am so grateful that you took the time to have these conversations with me and that also that you're in conversation with each other um, and that you created this course that I know and I can say this for a fact will change people and not only change people themselves but change others around them and their community because I know from working with Rachel is not only when when you show up in, in this way, it changes everything around you. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna ask where we can find you both, where can we work with you, um, all that good stuff. Awesome. Rachel's really good with URLs. <laughs> Go <Sure>. for it. <laughs> Am I though? Uh, you can find more about this course um, and our other offerings soon to come, I'm sure, at becomingfreehumans.com. We are also on Instagram and uh, Facebook at Becoming Free Humans. Incredible. And I'll put all that information in the show notes. And again, thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Kianga. Thank you for taking the time. I am signing up for this course and I encourage others to do the same. I will put again, information in the show notes. It will be on the blog. I'm going to put on Instagram. I encourage people that are listening to this to go check it out and also to share it if it resonates with them. Again, I'm at Chef Carla underscore C on Instagram. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, put in a carrier pigeon, take a screenshot, whatever you have to do to share this information, because the more people that you share it with, the farther that it's going to reach. It's going to reach a ton of people. And if you find this information useful, do that five-star review, because again, it's like the Instagram algorithm. It's going to shoot me up in the podcast. And this is the reality. This is why people on podcasts tell you that. Give me a five-star review. Why? Because this information is important. And it's not only important to you, it's important to your community. It's important to the world. I'm sending you and yours love. Bye.